Hello out there, world. Welcome to another episode of Wheel Bite. Coming at you from, once again, you guessed it, San Francisco, California. This is episode four of season two. We're almost halfway through as we come into the holiday season. Currently here in California, it is pissing cats and dogs outside. Raining every damn day, so skating has become an issue of get it in while you can, because as they say on Game of Thrones, winter is coming. This week we touch upon something that has been all over the news, both in skating and outside of skating, but supreme. Between Black Friday, my experience trying to wake up and buy Blessed, and Jay's experience is trying to cop clothes from their drop, and just the fact they've been receiving so much media attention from Vice to Thrasher to Netflix. Just figured we'd spin our take on it. Because as skaters, you know, we look at Supreme and see a highly successful brand. But at the same time, we see our culture infiltrating the mainstream. Which of course causes some interesting friction. So here it is, episode four, season two, Supreme. Welcome to San Francisco. I feel like I feel like it's dangling by a fucking strain of bone marrow. East Coast powerhouse. From the New York, a fabulous I'll take out the Denny Hunters and slide that 75-foot handrail. I especially like the flip of the board. What's up out there, universe? Coming to you live with another episode of Wheel Bite. I am host one of two, Ted Theodore Mater, and here we have... Jay Green, what's up? Coming back halfway... Roughly through season two, and this week we want to discuss something very topical, not just because it was on Netflix and not just because it was a company that premiered a video recently, or not just because it was Black Friday the other day. It's been a hot, it's been like a really hot topic, I feel, in skateboarding for the last like four to six years, maybe. And everyone from the Daily Show to Vice has covered it at this point, so it's time to discuss the megalomaniac brand of Supreme. The elephant in skateboarding. They also bear the same colors as the Republican Party, man. So, like, how do we know it's not a conspiracy against liberal children? I'm just kidding. I don't buy into any of the that only shit. people who support Supreme. Um, <laughs> our liberal children. I mean, I like to think it. I doubt there's some like, and correct me if I'm wrong. If if this person exists, I want photographic evidence. But if you know some like Bible-toting Southerner who fucks their fucking cousin or something that rocks Supreme, please pictures. Oh, it's out there. <laughs> Hicks who rocks supreme. I'm I'm into the oh, idea. Oh man, new Instagram account. Hicks who wears supreme. Oh god, that'd be great. All right, but what we wanted to kick everything off with today was like, what do you think of when you think of supreme? 
You want me to start? I guess you should start. <laughs> I have a really kind of random uh, answer, actually. Um, what I think of is, and I swear this is the honest truth, I promise. I'm not just trying to, to be a cool old guy. But what I think of when I hear Supreme is I still get the same feeling of... Um, now that I feel like I'm, I'm really pretty well versed with the brand and I'm, I'm a fan of the brand and, um, I know more about it. I feel like I've had an interesting kind of, or a different kind of like knowledge span of them. So I didn't really know even like a, a handful of years into when I started skating, I didn't really know what it was. Mm-hmm. I shot out my homie Corey. He was always kind of like well versed with East Coast shit. So he put a lot of us on to like Wu Tang and like Big L and like some East Coast hip hop. So naturally, he was like kind of knowing about Supreme. And I I just didn't really know. I was like, oh, they, they to me, they were kind of, and I'll probably use this. Uh, comparison a few times throughout this episode is they were kind of like the East Coast FTC. That is extremely accurate. So that's what I took from it, and I was always I was always really um, curious about it. That's kind of what I think about it. Like going into this, like what what I'm still like I'm not still curious about it, but I still get that same like thought and feeling of like is it a skate shop is it a clothing brand like why do all these certain fools rock it like i don't see it in any it's not sold anywhere else like is it i just i was confused and super curious and this is probably around 2003 okay so So you were way younger i never really knew what Supreme was as a kid, even being from the East Coast, like, you know, being from the middle of nowhere on the East Coast as well, you just didn't have kids coming to school in Supreme gear. Well, we didn't either, <laughs> but we were or we were kids from the city, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, like, there's that city-urban culture there it, for sure. It made its way to San Francisco through dudes like Huff and Gons and Rob Welsh and Johnny Gay and, and you know, the, the tastemakers of hip-hop skateboarding basically honestly of the time well i was gonna say too when now that i can i've finally had a chance to think about it but my first thought always is hip-hop when it comes to supreme i mean i honestly didn't know shit about their brand the shop who they were until fucking like 2010 or 11 when I was blasting fucking Tyler the Creator shit all the time. Like, I was big into Odd Future when they were first blowing up, and they would reference Supreme a lot in their songs, and even, like, on message boards, like, kids being like, oh, I need to get tickets to this show in Santa Cruz tonight, and people would be like, oh, jump over the line of kids wearing Supreme beanies, and maybe you can sneak in, and... There were like little fashion jokes and you start to look it up and see the brand's history and how it is tied in with New York skating on the deepest level. The other thing I always think of is that old ad that we were discussing before we hit record, the one with 
Justin Pierce and Peter BC and Jeff Pang, and they're all just kind of chilling around looking cool and drinking 40s. And I always thought that was such a dope fucking ad for and it was for a shop you know ftc had some ads too but i felt like they were more about the skating because they had such a fucking incredible roster of skaters under their belt so you know oftentimes you'd get mike carroll who when they were putting tons of ads and mags in the mid 90s was arguably one of the biggest skaters in the fucking world at that point you have mike carroll ollieing promoting your shop that's a huge deal that's going to get people to come shop at your store. It's funny, too, because at that point, people still, the masses, don't really see Supreme as a skateboard brand. No, not at all. I don't but think they it, make that distinction even, whatsoever. Even right now, this is probably the most skateboard they've been, the most that they've like pushed skateboarding as a brand. Mm-hmm. And uh, thinking back to those ads you were talking about, Supreme was like gritty. Yeah, it was like they were kind of like Metropolitan, if you remember was, Metropolitan yeah, Metro, yeah. in the early '90s. Like yeah. they had similar vibes with black well, so and white New dudes. York photography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they yeah they had a gritty. Uh, you know, like I think of kids. Yeah, I was gonna say kids in like Ari Markopoulos photos. The movie kids. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like honestly of how. If we just backtrack a little bit, we'll start our little um, outline. The the history of the brand and the shop is, you know, just in a nutshell. We could probably do several episodes just on the history and the building of the brand. But um, it started as a skate shop. Mm -hmm. And it was just a skate shop in downtown Manhattan, I believe. Um, And... It was kind of just like, you know, like a FTC or your your standard shop for the time where it was a hangout spot, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just kind of a kick-it spot, I think. Ryan uh, Hickey worked the counter. The early, <laughs> the early dudes were like Ave and Dill and Mark Gonzalez and, you know, Peter Beachy and Huff and Jeff Pang and all the OG New York dudes. And I think that's why to look where they are now, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. They have such a respected past Mm -hmm. because it started so organic and it started with some of these dudes that are now legends to all of us. And I mean, looking at Blessed, which just came out, and Cherry, but you go back to the very first Supreme video, which was called A Love Supreme, it was all scored to John Coltrane songs, and it was made by Thomas Campbell, who is arguably one of skateboarding's artsiest art dudes. He's got crazy sculptures, bizarre paintings, his photography has always been unique, and his videos have been no different. In fact, he has a new project coming out. If you haven't seen photos from it, it's called Ye Old Destruction. And the photo that's circling the web promoting it right now is a picture of Louis Barletta, like, skating a log down a hill. So that just goes to show you, you know, he's always been out there as a skate art guy. And a Love Supreme, nobody has parts, you know. It's not 100% skating. It's very gritty New York footage, all, mostly shot on film, or perhaps all shot on film, 
you have a clip of like, you know, Justin Pierce rolling down the sidewalk or Huff ollieing a trash can in traffic, but that is essentially what the first Supreme video was. And even when Cherry came out, Bill Strobeck said he wanted to capture that idea and spirit, which is why Cherry, there's no real full parts, which is why it's also all in black and white. And there's a lot of weird, not even skate lifestyle shit, but just, again, urban culture it's throughout urban, the yeah. video. He's very territorial with an aesthetic. Mm-hmm. But the brand, I think that comes from what the brand has always been doing yeah. with their art. You know, between A Love Supreme and Cherry was a long time. And it's not that Supreme ever fell off, but they had time to sort of gestate and become the mega giant that they are today. Well, you know, again, not to go through the long kind of weird history of like hype basically of the brand and like sneakers and streetwear and skateboarding having its hand in there with like SB Dunks, you know, when like sneaker culture got hella huge and Dunks, Nike Dunks and Nike skateboarding got really big. So they also have, they're involved in like a timing of a perfect storm, basically, Mm -hmm. of like skateboarding, streetwear, fashion, shoes, it all kind of is exploding still to this point. And they they fit in in the perfect lane there that really kind of like piqued people's interest um, outside of skateboarding. Well, I think a big thing that has happened within the last decade that has helped propel them forward is that high fashion and street culture have really merged worlds in a way that they never had prior to that. And even if you watch that, Hassan Minaj bit that he did for Netflix where he talked about Supreme. The reason Supreme became what it became is because one of the owners and investors saw that skaters would wear like street brands, but also with high fashion brands. Because that comes from like, look at some of those people that were first rocket Supreme, like Harold Hunter or Jeff Pang. Yeah, of course they're like, they're from New York. They understand high fashion and that culture because it's all around them. So, and But they live that hood life. You're right. Exactly. So as skateboarders, and this is very near and dear to me as I, who I am as a human, certain people from certain areas, San Francisco, New York, L.A., urban areas, major cities, you know, metro, metropolitan cities... It's, it hits us and it sits well with us perfectly because we understand that life. I've been skating for years, years, and I've always, for whatever reason, I've never really skated in skate shoes. I've like, I've always, I've skated in like Jordans and Nikes and other random shit that I liked as just like a shoe. And I think that and tied in with like hip hop and wanting to be fly and rap culture and street culture, you know, um, and being from a city, that's that's what we were kind of about. It wasn't about just like, I want to go to 
uh, Copeland's or a skate shop and rock, uh, you know, every skate brand. We wanted to look like the rappers. We wanted to look like the drug dealers and the people who were fly, urban, edgy, raw, gritty people that we were into, you know, the typical 90s city street culture. And Supreme took the skateboarding side and married it with that kind of gritty, still kind of upscale street culture that, like, was forming at the time of, you know, you look at all the Menace dudes back in that time and they're rock, you know, they always talk about how they wanted to rock Ralph Lauren and Tommy Hilfiger. And so I I came up on that. I've always skated in fucking polo and polo sweatshirts and sweats. And I think that's, like, Supreme took that brilliantly and organically and they married kind of the subcultures so i want to go back to what you were talking about with skaters rock and ralph lauren and stuff because going back to what i was talking about with hip-hop culture you know why did a lot of those skaters want to rock that stuff the ralph lauren or the calvin klein or whatever so many of them did because people like the wu-tang clan are rapping about it in their songs yep Fast forward to today, and I brought up how I was listening to a lot of Odd Future when they were first blowing up, and they were talking about Supreme all the fucking time in their songs. That had the same impression on kids who were getting into skating and Odd Future at the same time. So that's it why morphed, all... It morphed, though. It changed. Yeah. Like, it changed to from, like... New York City, drinking 40s, smoking blunts, stealing shit from the store, like like gritty urban, and it morphed into more or less the same thing, but in the L.A. version of that. Well, you know, like, these kids now are hearing this happen, and it's coming from L.A., you know, that was a hip-hop group coming out of that part of Los Angeles, and those kids all hung out on Fairfax, which is where Supreme is, and Diamond, and so many other cool shops like that. So you're right. It had morphed, but not really. It was still part of skate culture, but now it was also part of hip-hop culture. So the same way rappers back in the day are talking about Ralph Lauren, now you have rappers who these kids look up to again, and they're talking about Supreme they just have that sauce like i don't know what it is they are able to cultivate a certain aesthetic and vibe and feeling so organically thinking about just the people who were kicking it in the original supreme as a skate shop Mm -hmm. and fast forwarding to um, the the new generation, the Tyshawn, the you know Kevin Bradley, the Nakel, and these dudes, they have a similar, if not the same story. Supreme didn't go out and like hand pick these kids. No, to they sponsor. were just chilling they in were, the shop, and they ended up chilling in the in the skate shop in the Supreme store, and it just kind of happened organically like that. And now fast forwarding 
to their latest video. These kids are grown up and they're still riding with the brand. They've been able to achieve something much greater than being like, oh, well, I got a new sponsor now. Mm-hmm. They're more of a family. They're more of a crew, you know, than than just being like, well, I'm sponsored by Supreme. It doesn't really work like that yeah. with that brand. And I love that. That's great. No, I totally agree. But I think going back to the hip hop thing and Odd Future. So one of the things I thought was funny, you know, because this was now the controversy behind Supreme. Every shirt's like $150 or something. Well, no. So this is the thing is, is that their their model and this isn't really the the point of our episode here. But the brand model is is uh it's exclusivity yeah it's right it's exclusivity and it's hype so they only make a certain amount of shirts hats whatever it be and they only drop it once a week for about eight we eight months out of the year right or seven months out of the year and and that's it they don't make any more so the expensive shirts you're referring to are you're you're paying resale. You're buying it right again. But what, however, their re, the retail price for their stuff is not cheap either. Right. But the thing about that that I find funny is when Odd Future, you know, they opened up a shop eventually, and then they were pushing a ton of merchandise on their own, and it was a huge deal in the media that the hottest rap group in the world at that moment were pushing their shirts on kids for the same price that supreme is selling them for because it's the same idea they took the exclusivity of these t-shirts and made them apply to their band so when they're on tv and some reporter who doesn't know shit about this culture and how it works is talking to them and they can't fathom why these shirts with a fucking cat's face on it wearing sunglasses is fucking selling for 120 bucks a pop I'm sitting there thinking, I totally get it, and I get why this is successful and why kids buy it. A ton of people took took what Supremes, uh, you know, and again, they, they did it all so organically. They never, sh- I don't think they ever strived for that, but it kind of morphed into that, and they've created a psychotic cult following that has transcended skateboarding and hip-hop it's taken the brand into a weird cool controversial spot where it is now that i say publicly that i'm a fan of the brand and i like what they've done and how they cultivate it and i actually even like the exclusivity because we're in a world of just pure fuckery and consumer dump you know they put a lot of thought into what they put out they put a lot of feeling they put a lot of history and there's a lot of context to their designs and their videos and what they do as a brand as a whole it's still gotten to a place where like i own a handful of supreme shit but it and i'm consider myself to be you know a a skater to the core it makes me cringe when i see fucking joe blow celebrity fucking wearing a supreme hat or whatever some hyped up new item that dropped and i'm like dude you look you don't even know how much how stupid you look to to a huge demographic of my people yeah like (laughs) you look like such an idiot you don't even know that you're wearing a skateboard brand and that's the thing i mean one of the things they talked about in that vice article though that they 
where they were interviewing the Supreme staff and owners, the point they kept making was that at the end of the day, they are still just a skate company and a skate shop. And that their staff is still looking at Thrasher and pointing out the new coolest thing. And they're still in the game super hard, which is true. And when they dropped Cherry and they didn't, like you said, we touched on how they didn't handpick this crew, like go out into the city and scout talent. They were just who was hanging out at the shop and they were all ripping. And the thing you have to consider too with their continued success in skateboarding is that they have Bill Strobeck as their in-house guy. And one of the things about Bill that I have always found fascinating is how he typically always went after the more unknown talent. You know, he got his start working with Wenning and Papalardo before they blew the fuck up and were two of the biggest names in skateboarding in the early 2000s. Well, he has a thing for displaying kind of unpolished, kind of gritty street skateboarding. Right. His gritty filming style matches perfectly with Supreme's gritty yet polished image. Sure. But... He did what he did with Papalardo and Wenning and applied that to Sean Pablo, Aiden Mackey, Nakel Smith, um, Tyshawn Jones, and Kevin Bradley. But he also had those connections with Dill and the Gons and Alex Olsen and Ave. He had those relationships with both ends of the spectrum. So he was able to make Cherry a huge deal and the fact too that he decided to branch outside of the classic skate video format make something a little more loose and interesting keep people on their toes Mm -hmm. was impressive the fact too that cherry had the first part in 15 or 20 years of paulo diaz is something worth mentioning too like paulo had fallen off so hard and now he comes back and he's still killing it still being the nolly nose manny fucking weirdo and he's in the hottest video that comes out at so that that's point. a great way to put it that is that kind of drives my point of there's so much history and thought and context that goes into the brand and and as a skate nerd and as someone who's into, you know, fashion and style and just being a city kid and we've always, you know, valued that and taken that shit for real. That's what makes me cringe when I see a celebrity or some idiot in the street rocking it. They have no idea of the history or the context of the brand. They're strictly using it for that logo and cool factor and there's and i feel like supreme has i really don't want to make it seem like i'm defending the brand like very much in this episode i'm sure i will but i think that's where a lot of the brand uh, identity has been confused and gotten a bad rep lately is people think it's just this fucking like moth to a flame of this box logo or that iconic red and white logo that they 
jacked from Barbara Kruger. And it's not really. It can be for a lot of the kids that don't know shit about it. But for me, the older people who are really into brand history and meaning, there's so much good context behind their designs and what they do as a brand. They use they use their platform very well also. People don't talk about a lot of the political statements that they've made over the years. And they have gone places that no skate brand has even gotten close to. I kind of – I constantly think of – like newer blind and like wet willy stuff mm-hmm. in comparison and contrast to something like Supreme where they they're literally Wet Willy was trying to appeal to like eight year old kids. Oh yeah, absolutely. With, Those like, mascots were created to really and like purely attracting like a young child audience and you look at someone like supreme on the other hand who's putting out t-shirts that say fuck the president and they have so many different political designs and campaigns that they've done one more recently that they've done which is amazing which um again they're using their huge massive platform for so much Honestly, good still, especially in this wild world. And we'll get into the whole Carlisle group thing as kind of a comparison. But um, they put out a, sh- a shirt recently that's, that was called 18 and Stormy. And it's a composite image of 18 women who have accused our current president of sexual assault. And 100% of the proceeds of of what they made off this shirt went to downtown for democracy and this came out a few months ago this is wow yeah this is what they're doing with their platform and people are they're still confused in giving the brand a bad name because it's blown up so quick and you got to look a little deeper with this company i feel like well, one of the big things that was controversial around election time with supreme was that they came out on the internet and wrote this big thing where they were urging young voters to vote democratic and I would say about 85% of the comments were like, why the fuck do I care what Supreme is telling me about voting? Which I get, because, I mean, it's not even that I don't no. think they should have a, a... Of course they should be able to discuss their, their political cultural view. icons. But that's the thing. Like, that's what all these other people who are saying this, which 85% of them are fucking American assholes who did vote for donald trump and who are the people who perpetuated our country to be where it is right now are like why the fuck do i care but because they are a cultural shape-shifting entity you know they've got a demographic that runs ages like i want to say 10 to like 55 probably i'd say yeah about 12 to 50 right yeah without question and that's spanning all genders it's not just fucking skate rat kids it's fucking everybody Mm -hmm. everybody wants to cop supreme gear and that brings me to like the thing i wanted to say too about how they've done all these collabs with super high-end companies yeah not just their collaboration with the carlisle group but like louis vuitton but then they'll also do collaborations with fucking larry clark and harmony kareem right. where they did yeah. that series of kids t-shirts yeah. going back to their fucking history with that film they just did a fucking dr seuss collab like 
there's again like I don't I don't want to keep repeating it but there's a lot of context to what they do and there's a lot of meaning to it and it's worth it's worth a deeper look now to to be fair and to go into the other side of something a lot of people may not even know I'd say actually like if I had to just throw a random fucking number out there I'd say maybe of of a supreme consumer and I consider you still a supreme consumer even though you don't purchase their goods you still pay attention to the brand and you still watch their videos I guess that's true so I would say about people who are aware of the brand and consume it one way or another I would say most people don't even know about the Carlisle group thing oh and I don't think most people care what do you think about them signing on with that well the Carlisle group is simply an investment firm right you know they they invest in brands that they think they can have a super quick turnaround with yeah totally get it you know it's whack as fuck that they just happen to also fund wars overseas that's a whole other issue but however is not is is probably true in some context it's not really fair for us we're not really educated on well, that even to like, say that they fund wars they do fund defense companies well, and so on and so I forth therefore i feel that feeds that machine but then again you could sure. look at someone like fucking transworld is also they're owned by fucking Prime Media and Disney and shit. So like, or anything else on the planet that yeah, you consume. It's all tied in. You know, there's really Nestle, only like Nestle blocks pipelines in third world countries. Like we could go fucking the clothes on our back. If you're gonna be specific about every single thing you consume and support or don't, it's it's an endless fucking line. Now, do I understand their decision to? go with that firm totally because for them the little skate shop that started in new york city has now become that level of success if you're tangling with the big boys now that's a huge fucking deal for your company and you can say that you fucking made it i think that What's going on recently? So we, I didn't even really explain it. So in about a year ago, maybe uh, Supreme, there was rumors that Supreme, a very large majority was Carlisle Group was going to purchase a very large majority of Supreme, mm-hmm. and it ended up being true. And I think they purchased hundreds of millions of dollars uh, in equity or whatever out of the company. Um, and yeah, they are basically about as corporate and create and big investment firm as it gets. Um, but a lot of the shit that they've done, they've put, they've put the brand into overdrive since they were purchased. They put out another video, like we talked about, they've got on their political hype and they've, they haven't changed so they got all this investment money and they i feel like they're almost going further back to their roots honestly well i think if the carlisle group is giving them all this money they're not going to interfere too much with with their formula yeah yeah. because they clearly supreme knows what sells and what their audience wants. So it's uh, we we missed like kind of a, a gray period where 
I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but... Uh, so the core crew, we'll call it, in the 90s, and then maybe transitioning into, like, the millennium. Mm-hmm. And coming into, like, what, like, when the, when the sneaker kind of streetwear thing got crazy, I think that's when it morphed into, or, or it faded a little bit, where people, it was lost that Supreme was even a skateboard company, because the company wasn't pushing they didn't really have very many riders or they weren't really pushing their the skateboarding um lane of the company would you agree for like a I totally agree that- you know there there's that whole era i mean maybe part of the reason why i didn't really know supreme growing up is cuz other than maybe seeing people wearing it in ads or something it just wasn't heavily pushed upon me within skating culture. Growing up, we were looking at Philadelphia and California when it came to our skating. We liked Love Park stuff, and we liked fucking Toy Machine. No, that wasn't really Supreme's people. You fast forward to later, and they have this opportunity now with all these kids hanging out at their shop to make something great, but because they also have that core background... They have the ability to get footage out of some people who you haven't necessarily heard from in a while. Like, the the Cherry video had some serious old names. Like, even if it was, like, a trick here or there, you still saw footage of someone like Scott Johnson <laughs> who hadn't put out a fucking part in, like, over a decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's my point, is moving into this new era of Supreme where Carlisle Group, they've gotten, and even pre that, like Cherry, they're, they've moved back completely into a very heavily skateboard-focused, um, I guess, just like movement with the brand. They have recent collabs with, several collabs with Spitfire, Independent, like, you know, and they, and they Thrasher, they continue to do this stuff, and I just... I guess my point is, I don't know if I have a point, but I'm trying to maybe educate a little more on these this certain demographic that they're really just using the brand for a logo and a name. And the brand is so much cooler and deeper than that. I don't expect everyone to fall in love with the history and being a skate nerd and even getting into it at all, but... I guess it's just I'm trying to shine a light on them. Maybe a bad rep or a a, a poor light that it's uh, that it's been put into, and I'm excited for the downfall because like every trend and everything, it's gonna die off soon, and celebrities will probably stop wearing it, and there'll be something else, you know, coming along, and you know the real ones like myself will get to rejoice and dive back in. And, and afford their clothing. And, yeah, <laughs> they're taking Carlisle Group money and they're more or less reinvesting it into that that same aesthetic and um, feeling and skateboard gritty culture that, that got them to where they are. I mean, and who knows? That money could be what puts them in business for another 20 years. Like, the, the trend might die, but it'll keep them going and producing material and content. No one's really talking about that. They're, like, fully 
flaming uh, the president and what's going on in this country right now. There's other people and brands who haven't said shit and are and are you know more or less silent with their huge platform that they have have you seen all the obama clothes that they've put out they put out full collections with obama's face like all over pants and jackets and shirts i didn't but that's too funny and you know it's it's caught in the middle because as skateboarders we we get a bad rep also but one thing i want to make note of too is that they are so ahead of the curve at times and that's why they remain so cool and relevant but I want to just point out that I feel so many other brands have tried to keep up but haven't quite figured out how to keep up. Like the exclusivity factor isn't necessarily enough to keep other brands on the same page. Like, oh, we're only releasing 100 of these decks or, oh, we're only releasing 200 of these shirts. You know, the fucking phenomenon of Blessed coming out on DVD and selling out in less than a minute is ridiculous when i was able to find two new skate videos that were probably pressed just as many copies as blessed was but i found them online for like nothing like so easily i agree the skate the skate video should be available and the hard copy should be available however Going back to, like, the Ralph Lauren reference and the Tommy and the 90s hip-hop shit and skaters wanting nicer shit and, like, not necessarily wanting to look like a skater. So the aesthetic was, like, I want to be able to skate at Pier 7 and some Jordan 11s and then put my skateboard away or go downtown and and look like a normal street guy. You know what I mean? Look like a fly dude with my J's and my Jerbos and my fucking Aniche shirt. Like, it's more about the quality, honestly. Like, the the items that they're selling are definitely a good mesh of, like, higher end with, like, functionality. Now you see all these other companies that have the exact same price points as them. Like, Dime all-timers and all these like trendy like skate clothing companies and they're able to and metropolitan came back and they're selling 150 dollars hoodies they're really really nice they're right in between a 500 dollars gucci hoodie and a 60 dollars thrasher hoodie you know what i mean like and the quality is there and that's i don't know there's it's like reserved for a special kind of uh a special kind of skater, I feel like. I guess so, and I mean, there's always going to be those high-end skaters who buy into that shit, and that's why I wonder about other brands who've caught up or those who haven't, you know, like Alex Olsen had his brand before 917, Bianca Chateau or whatever the fuck it's called. Bianca Chandon. That's what it's called? Yeah, whatever. I really have no fucking clue. Ted's not happy about it. (laughs) No, but the fact that, like, their shit costs so much money and, like, what skater is going to buy that shit, but... And then I read somewhere that 917 was his brand for the people while Bianca, whatever the fuck it's called, was for a different type of breed. He's done the exact same thing with that company. He's he's taken the exact same 
business model. All of this shit that they make is like very limited and scarce. Yeah, and I would argue too, fucking awesome has done a good job of that too but also you're having a lot of crossover people in that department like fa and hockey are like the they sponsor people on supreme with board who yeah right so who basically yeah who in the video or on the squad isn't if you're on fa or hockey you're basically on supreme too yeah like those are the crews. Like that. Those companies started basically more or less. There's and, a couple dudes that like are whatever, but they're all more or less in the same crew. And that's why I think it's safe to say when FA does put out a full length one of these days, I'm sure it'll have a, a similar aesthetic and a lot of the same people involved, and it'll keep the, perpetuating that form of expression within skateboarding. So we didn't even really talk about one of the 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 poster boys, and is also kind of like can do no wrong in skateboarding, which is the Gons. So a lot of people don't know. I actually kind of collect a lot of the shit, uh, Supreme shit that I buy are all Gons designs. Interesting. Because to me that it's it's a little again like it's a deeper cut. It has a little more meaning. And he's also a kook, and he's a great artist, and he's he's been designing shit for Supreme for years, and people have no idea that he is that involved in the brand and again like this is a reoccurring theme that we talk about which is kind of like the hypocrisy in skateboarding i think which we on previous episodes we talked about how 50 60 percent of the anti-hero team riders are also sponsored by nike Mm -hmm. um and it's kind of the same thing with supreme here you have all your most beloved raw core skaters, you know, Avon Gons, it doesn't get much more of like a skater skater than those dudes. And they're backing this supposedly monstrous uh, blood-sucking company. Where where do skaters stand on it? Where do they stand on it? I would love to hear uh, an o- a Supreme OG's opinion on the on Supreme as a brand. I would love to hear it because they still they still co-sign it and Gon still continues to go around the city in r- absurd, colorful Supreme outfits, and these are the people that we love. But at the same time, a lot of the skateboard community has been throwing a lot of hate at Supreme as a brand. Well, I think on Black Friday we witnessed it firsthand with that video coming out and the hype beast culture eating it up before any skater could get their fucking hands on it. And it was funny that when they released the information that you were going to have to buy the DVD with a t-shirt and a poster that of course all of them were limited edition as fuck. The whole internet just seemed to blow up. Like all the skaters were freaking out and all the hype beasts were just talking shit to piss off the skaters because they knew they would be able to get under their skin really easily. And what does that mean for street skating in 2018? Because the flip side, Supreme is arguably one of the most popular things in modern skateboarding. Not just the brand, but who skates for them, who they're backing, the image they carry everything the flip side of that is something like gx 1000 
GX1000 put their video out on YouTube for free. I've yet to even see physical copies of it. And I thought they were going to do physical copies because it is a full length and they did it for their last full length. But I've seen nothing online about a DVD coming out. They're both the ultimate cool guy club. Yeah, but with different mindsets. Like, GX1000 is you're a dirtbag in the street doing it for the love while Supreme is like you've got boatloads of cash and great opportunities in front of you. At every turn. Uh, you may not be wrong about that, but the <laughs> the words you paint the picture with are maybe crazy. Boatloads of cash is kind of ridiculous. I mean, we're watching it on Instagram right now. All these skaters are going on a fucking tour around the world yeah. to plug this video. Sure. You know what GX1000 did? They did one premiere in their home city that was free to the public like you didn't have to have a wristband to get in and sure. you just fuck and then they put it out on YouTube and the next day it was the biggest thing on the internet like they have a long way to go they're maybe 3% of what supreme is you know what i mean but, but you're right they have a similar they have a similar aesthetic and a similar vibe as far as the skating and the gritty street culture but what does that say about street culture and street skating at this point in history because before it was such a like haggard thing and now we're at a point where on black friday every item they put out sells out within seconds yeah i think it's it's kind of a unicorn in the the street culture consumer world meaning like streetwear fashion skateboarding shoes it's kind of a unicorn because it has such a such a larger audience than skateboarding, like Palace or even like some of the other companies I mentioned, Dime and Alzheimer's, who have become people now look at skateboarding for the next coolest thing. There's this like little Instagram post that I've seen a hella OGs, hella OG skater, like Supreme Dudes repost. And it's like a couple lines that says like dear fashion industry will give you your next trend soon sincerely skateboarding and it's so true and it's skating has always been a trend-setting culture though in so many other ways besides fashion and now it's like really really big and a lot of eyes on it and it made me so happy actually when supreme did the louis vuitton collab (laughs) because i was like all right finally finally we can come out and say that Everyone is swagger jacked skateboarding and how raw and gritty and real our culture is. And now the biggest high fashion brand in the world comes along and literally is like riding Supreme's coattails. I don't think it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. I think Louis Vuitton is like, yo, we, <laughs> we're trying to get some of that. You know well, they I mean? know like, they appeal to a younger and more hip with it like when i think of louis vuitton i think of like rich older aunts. grandmas yeah right? like yeah like my rich aunt who's visiting town brought her louis vuitton bag and i'm sure. saying i have a rich aunt who comes to town and brings a louis vuitton bag that's just like what yeah. the image i think of when someone mentions that to me they were on fucking a skateboard brand was debuted had their brand collection debuted at fashion week 
That's fucking insane. Like, it's they've completely transcended the urban, gritty, fly, fly kind of culture. And they're using the man's money to do it now. Mm-hmm. They're using that, that corporate money to do it and still have a fuck you attitude. The wrongs in this world and using their platform. However, to your point though, of like, what's that gonna do for skate culture and consumerism? I don't necessarily think it's gonna change that much. I think that Supreme has its own lane and is kind of a a unicorn in in these couple different industries that they have their foot in. I don't see Toy Machine T-shirts selling out. In limited quantities. No, and, and that's soon. my point. You know, like I think enough brands bit Supreme shit at this point, but then there's other brands who are just staying in their own lane. And someone like Toy Machine or Baker or whatever is a prime example. You know, like those brands are still doing what they do best, and they will always have their audience. But it won't be the way Supreme is. Like I don't see Toy Machine showing up at Fashion Week either. Yeah. And like again, Ed Templeton knows Toy Machine's place in skating and who it appeals to. It doesn't appeal to that sector. Honestly, I a lot of what I base and this could be fucked up and very like modern and just like I'm a modern shithead just like everyone else, consumer like with the internet and everything, but I kind of base a lot of like your credibility on your content now and how often you're able to do that from let's say the stuff they were putting out before cherry that bill strobeck all those supreme edits Mm -hmm. all the way up now up until today they just put another new taishan edit out today including bless the video that they just premiered a couple weeks ago they're putting out more content than a lot of other skateboard companies yeah in that span, those years, so what's that? Maybe like six years? So, uh, Cherry was four years ago. Right, so but maybe they put a out, year before that. They put or out so. like the London edit right. and the San Francisco edit. And yeah. then like sometimes it's just lifestyle shit where like Mark Gonzalez is right. driving a car at 120 miles an right. hour on the right. Autobahn and shit like that. Right. But you're right. They've put out, and all those little videos too, they're not your typical little online part like, oh, here's... Jim's turning pro part for fucking zero. No, it's a short film that has a little bit of depth and a little bit of mystery behind it. It might be a two-minute interview with a bum or something. Yeah, and then, like, Tyshawn doing a fucking gnarly switchback heel. Exactly. And that's... But that's what they do now. That's their model, and... Yeah, it keeps people entertained, and it keeps people paying attention. They do what they do very well. <laughs> and that's ultimately why they've become this successful. They do all that stuff well. The fact that they've crossed over from just being the little skate shop to this mega brand proves that they are arguably one of the, probably one of the five most successful brands in all of skateboarding. Yeah, I would put them up there. At this point, they've definitely surpassed World Industries. Let's talk for a second about Blessed. And uh, we both saw Blessed on Pornhub. 
Yeah, which is a whole other thing I'd love to get into one day, is why we keep finding the newest cool skate video on Pornhub, but... I don't know, why are you digging in Pornhub, Ted? <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> consult the slap message board. Someone's got to do it. So, Blessed came out, and everyone's been pouring Bill Strobeck and the whole crew with just, like, a ridiculous amount of love and life-changing messages that they've changed skateboarding, and it's... <laughs> been the greatest thing since fucking uh you know sliced bread and it's just the most amazing video ever we both have seen it um and we bring it up to kind of touch on it's like a reoccurring theme with supreme where it wasn't the greatest video i've ever seen it wasn't bad by any means but the this like this theme and this uh, this thing of people like saying that it's changed skateboarding and it's the best video to ever happen is it's typical and it's over the top, honestly. Yeah. And I think that it's great and the aesthetic of the video is very on brand. However, um, I don't know. I think it's because it's Bill Strobeck and he has a lot of stands and fans and we hold him in very high regard in our community. Mm -hmm. um, I think that people go over the top. I mean, I definitely felt that way about the video in terms of was this worth it to wake up at 8 a.m. and try and fucking beat the fucking hype beasts online? The answer is... Maybe. maybe. Yeah, maybe, right, yeah. <laughs> it was good, but I was, like, kind of cursing myself, thinking, like, oh, this is stupid, and now there's copies on eBay selling for, like, $200. Well, it's, it's a keepsake, so it would have it would have been totally been worth it, but I get your point. Like, as far as the content of the video, it's great, you know? Tyshawn is amazing, and their whole push for him to be Sody, I think, is kind of ridiculous. He's actually one of my favorite skaters right now, but I'm going to come out and say it's very bratty and entitled for Supreme to come out with a, a full length. And Tyshawn has one part, and they're like, he should get Sody. He's going to get robbed. It's like... Really? Like, there's dudes have killed it and put out multiple parts and gone on several trips and gotten all sorts of coverage. And I think it's very typical for Supreme to come out with their video in this type of over-the-top uh, reception. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He is a great skater, and he, you know, has murdered some spots in ways that seem unfathomable. You know, the way he does that switch backside heel flip at the end where like you see like kb like arguing with the security guard and he gets it and then they all run and get in the van and drive away like that is one of the most amazing fucking clips i've ever seen in my life it's unreal but there are people who put out multiple parts this year that deserve Sodi more than that. And that's what getting skater of the year is about. You gotta put in a ton of work that year, get broke the fuck off, and then the you know, the skate community will welcome you with open arms. I mean, they've done it right. You got a lot of people talking about the brand right now. Yeah, so it's they're... all over the place, and that's why I think at this point they are the most successful skate brand. They've surpassed so For many sure. other companies who, at one point or another, were the biggest thing ever. They have like five or six, seven, eight, I don't know, around ten stores in Japan. And they only have, 
three in the U.S. Yeah, so they're they've they've figured something out and and transcended skateboarding like beyond their own wildest dreams. I think absolutely, and that's at this point their biggest contribution to skating culture. They've transcend their brand has transcended in a way no other skate brand ever has. And ultimately, even if that trend does die in the next few years, that will be their legacy from here on out. 